Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diary of the Brain, the number one mental health podcast in South Sudan. Thank you everyone who used to be here, being supportive, uh, coming here to learn, to be inspired, uh, to exchange views. Today episode, we're going to have a special guest and we're going to discuss many, many important topics. Among them, peer pressure among the teenagers in South Sudan and the importance of mental health awareness in South Sudan. So today episode, we're going to have Dr. Garang Akot, one of the psychiatry in South Sudan. Hey, good morning, brother. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm um, sorry, sorry for, yeah, the, uh, for the inconveniences. I, uh, no, no, my wife okay. has dropped, so I couldn't, no, no, uh, no. I couldn't get a connection for a while, but I'm back for now. So, no, no, it's good. Yeah, we're happy to see you again. So, yeah. how are you doing, brother? Yeah. Very good, very good, very good. I'm just excited yeah, to be here today, and I want to thank yeah, everybody me too, for me too. <laughs> and uh, hope you have a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's dive into the topic. Actually, uh, the topic is uh, peer pressure and uh, mental health awareness in South Sudan. So before, I just want to dive into your professional life. So the idea of becoming a psychiatrist. Or a psychiatry resident. How did it form itself? You know, when people here in South Sudan, they, they want to be doctor, surgeon, and you know, in the top of the list, how did you pick up psychiatry resident instead of a surgeon and neurosurgeon? Actually, I wasn't much different at the time. Um, when I was in my final years in medical school uh, in Bahari University, I was dreaming of becoming a, an orthopedic surgeon, and. Um, I, I was having this interest about it. I was going and reading about it. But then, uh, for me, I think it's a, a turn of point became the war in South Sudan. Um, back in 2013, mm. my family got caught up in the war. They were in Dubai. And uh, I hope I'm audible. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm getting you. Yeah. So, they were... Uh, all of my family members, like most of them, they, they went back to board for a vacation, you know, this Christmas vibes and everything. And uh, when the war broke out, you know, Bor was the second, was the first town to, you know, to fall in the hands of the rebels. So a lot of things came uh, at that time, a lot of atrocities, a lot of problems came at the time. Um, mm. Personally for me, I was in Khartoum uh, with my young brother, uh, who is doing now in engineering school. Uh, I was having a really tough time, by the way. I was like, uh, I was so depressed mm. that I could not even go to school. I could not even eat. I could not even, you know, uh, I I had problems to the Lord, as they say. You know, I, I went to God. Yeah, I went to God and, uh, you know, um, I took a prayer, you know, and I stopped praying, like, what should I do? I'm having all these problems and I cannot deal with my family and the stress. And uh, so, as I said, I was having all these issues, and I took a prayer. Then I believe in my heart of heart that God talks to me at that time. Uh, he told me that in a conversational manner, like I should start figuring problems. I should not start, you know, creating problems, you know. And if for me, until that time, I did not have any interest in psychiatry. I don't even attend psychiatry classes to be honest at the time but 
just something told me that like I, I believe it's God for me like told me just go there and this is the plan that I have for you just go and discover it and I was like I don't even know it I, I, I don't attend classes I haven't you know prepared for anything like this before I want to be a surgeon but after a while uh, I just convinced myself that I have to go there and I have to try and test it. And I started telling my friends and families about it. And people were like, ah, oh, what? Are you going to be crazy? Are you going to lose your mind? You know, if you want to be a psychiatrist, <laughs> you are definitely going to lose your mind. But for me, it's a God plan. Uh, this is a God's plan. I don't have anything uh, that I can say more about this. You know, I'm just following it. And it brought me up to here. And now I'm a second year psychiatrist resident, hopefully with one year left to go. And uh, add to add a point of correction, we have currently uh, three psychiatrists in South Sudan. Uh, mm. Dr. Atanaiwen, Dr. Kamapoy, and Dr. Richard Wani. Both of, all of them are certified psychiatrists and they're working in South Sudan. Uh, but for me, this was a special because this is a journey of testimony for me. I'm not a, I'm not a religious person per se. I do a lot of mistakes, but I follow God and God brought me here. That's why I'm here. So like, uh, if I ask you, you know, any, because like any psychologist or psychiatrist or any doctor, like, like for me, my father's a doctor. So once I was sitting with my father and he does surgery. So I ask him, uh, dad, do you, do you believe in God and miracles when you are, you know, doing a surgery? So I'm asked the same question to you. Do you believe in God or miracles when like treating? Yes, I do. I do. But I do. Uh, the thing is, the thing, uh, I think God is beyond our expectations. God is beyond our plans or feelings. You know, what we expect mm. from God is not what actually God does. You know, God works in his own way, you know. I, I cannot tell God, please heal this man, you know, without me doing some of the work or without the family doing the work, without the patient doing the work. You know, it's like we cannot expect that from God. We, we only have to ask and then we do our part. Um, Absolutely. That's what I believe. Yeah. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So like before, when I was talking to you, you said that uh, you used to correct me between psychiatry resident and psychiatrist and mental health counselor so like in your view do you yeah. see there's a difference yeah. between the two if there is can you just yeah. like uh... there, there, yeah. there is a huge difference there is a huge difference so for um for a, a counselor usually the psychologist uh who finished a bachelor degree in psychology and mm. we have a lot of great sisters and great brothers who did that you know they are working in south sudan a lot of them are working in Juba hospital Juba teaching hospital if you might encounter some of them and they are great people to work with and uh, a psychiatrist resident is somebody who finished his med school finished his training as um, an intern and then become a gp you took the exam for the residency or the training for the speciality for psychiatry and still undergoing training so this would mean a psychiatrist resident a psychiatrist is somebody who finishes training already you finish your medical school and you finish your psychiatry training, which is three years, four years, depending on the current uh, the country that you are in. 
and then uh, you go back to work as a psychiatrist, certified psychiatrist. But this is the misconception. It usually comes with the psychiatrists and the psychologists, people who say, what is the difference between this and that? The difference is actually uh, the job roles. You know, Each one has a different job. Everyone has a different role to play. And each one is vital to the other. I cannot say we are better than psychologists or psychologists are better than us, but we complete each other. And then we try to provide the best level of care to every patient that we have. Mm, that's 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 great. So like we, uh, I'm really happy to know this, know this you know new ideas that uh, I just learned from you. So let's now go dive into the topic of today. I was just asking you you know personal questions. So for you in psychiatry, True. how do you define a peer pressure between you know the team? Um, when you have to talk about peer pressure. Let's talk about something that is very basic. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story, so just to give you a better understanding to the topic. So imagine yeah. that you are um, in a market, let's say Kanye Konya market, which is a big market, and then yeah. somebody, uh, an elderly man, decided that he needed to go the opposite way because he remembered that he should meet somebody. And then that old man started running, and then all of a sudden, uh, a young boy might be coincidentally running on the same direction as this old man. So you have two men who are running at broad daylight, and all of a sudden somebody shout, gone, or something like that. All the people in that area will start running in the same direction as the man. Mm. Uh, and after a while, they might discover that there's no gun in the scene. Some people will start laughing and giggling. And actually, this is a true story. I had. I had this experience when I was uh, in South Sudan. So after yeah. all these people running and shouting and screaming, we find out there's nothing. This is takes us back to thousands of years of uh, human psychology. Um, peer pressure, or when you have a pre, or like when you are in a group. Specialize. I need to be with other people. And going back to the story that I told uh, a few minutes ago, um, you have to analyze that a peer pressure is not just a pressure. It's a lot of psychological things that are coming together. One of these things we call uh, a group think. The other thing is called uh, conformity. The third thing is we call uh, social learning. So these factors, when they come together, they make um, um, a different makeup or a different buildup. Let's say that you are in a group and then uh, you find this new group, they like you, you like them, you like hanging out with them. So one of these group people, uh, one of these group members started that you want to do something reckless like drinking a lot of alcohol, for example, and see who will get wasted first. So this is, if the, if the group adopted this behavior despite their background knowledge on alcohol and its effect, this is what we call a group thinking. You know, you will, you will, you will disregard uh, any other opinion that might come in the middle, and then you uh, you like to you like to take that decision of drinking alcohol. And then, if somebody wants to oppose that decision, it's like want to say alcohol is bad and we should not do that and we should not drink it. That person will be excluded. You know, like ah, you are just all such money. You will be excluded automatically. 
So this is what we call uh, confirmatory and defiant. So any other any person, any other person in that group will not dare to challenge that decision. The third thing is you might, you might be a very educated person and when you start learning about that experience, you will forget your old background on alcohol and alcohol effect, and then you will indulge with the with the behavior of the group. This is what we call social learning. When you abandon all your experience about the thing that you are going to do, and then you will intake the thing that other people are doing, because this is something we call mimicking, and you can see it even in babies. When babies are, when you smile at a baby, the baby will smile you back. When you find somebody as you like when you are an adult, whatever they do, you will do it again, like crossing their arms, you know, scratching their forehead, something like that. You will mirror. This is like mirroring. You will mirror what they are doing. So in a group, it's nothing like exception. They might not even try to force you to drink, but you want to be part of the group, and then you want to belong, and then you have to do the things that they are doing. That's why uh, we tend to call it peer pressure. Yeah, so absolutely. I have experienced this when I was like in high school. Then I was uh, with the group, and then most of them they used to smoke. So like, I don't smoke. So they'll be like, you, you know, they called you with a certain name to make you feel that you are, you know, less, and you have to do it in order to fit in with the group. So, you know, so like for a person to, you know, to stop or to avoid peer pressure, what can somebody do? When First you of all, are you have to get the right crowd. Yeah. You have to get the right group. You know? uh, I remember when I was a kid back in the day, my mom used to tell me, you always need to hang out with the smart kids, you know, the hardworking kids. Uh, because if you are hanging out with a smart kid or a hardworking kid, you will adapt their behavior. You will, you will, uh, you will get their, uh, uh, their behavior. Yeah. Uh, I was also... Uh, I used to believe that if you are hanging out with five smokers, you will be number six. You will adopt the smoking behavior. If you're hanging out, as Steve Harvey once said, if you're hanging out with nine broke people, you will be their number 10th. <laughs> you will adapt yeah. what your friends are doing. So choose the right group first, who you want to hang out with. And it might be difficult, you know, when you are, you know, when you are an adult, as a kid, you know, your, your parents will tell you that this is not a good group, this is a bad group, hang out with these people. But as an adult, you have to make decisions for yourself. So, as, as, as I always say, if you are the smartest person in your own group, then you need to leave that group. Basic and simple. If you are the smartest person, if you are the most hardworking person, if you are the richest person in the group, leave it. You're supposed to be with a group which are superior in some other uh, other forms you know if they are hard working academically if they are achieving highly achieving financially you need to be with those goals because you want to acquire something from them you want to learn yeah. good behavior so that's what we want to so yeah thank you so much uh you know selfishly i was doing this video and this conversation for myself <laughs> just to get to learn from mr Dutta and so uh, yeah, no uh, let's dive no into the, the, the topic of uh, mental health awareness in South Sudan. So in, in 2020, UNHCR released a statement that uh, mental health uh, suicide, which is suicide, is happening, is increasing. The rate of suicide is increasing in South Sudan and becoming 3.7%. So what do you think is the reason behind this 
you know, suicide attempts that's happening, you know? A lot of stressors can contribute to that. And what I mean by stressors, you know, life conditions, insecurity, shortage of food, and all these other things. And when you are living in South Sudan, most of the people that are living, you know, you, you work to feed yourself and your family. And other people might not even have the luxury of having work. Uh, this will cause yeah. a stressor. Um, Research-wise, people who are single and people who are unemployed, they are more risk. They are at more risk to 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 have depression and therefore to might complicate it into suicide. I also want to highlight a very important subject or a very important issue, which is substance use or drug use alcohol and marijuana or weed or ganja whatever they want to call it as a big contribution to our mental uh, well-being you know it, it affected very bad in many ways that we cannot understand and we know that a lot of people in south sudan of people, they start using alcohol from a very young age and this will predispose them even to 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 do bad things to, to, to take bad decisions um that so that's 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 the thing but i i think with further research and further intake on this we, we, will, we will improve this once hopefully yeah yeah like we all knows that you know the mental health in order disorder or illness is caused by depression but but let me let me ask you this question depression like what, what caused depression you know exactly is there like a, a hormone or like a hormone in our body that causes this depression or that, that's a good question but just to add on that um mental illnesses doesn't include only depression depression is the commonest that people might know and might feel mm. but substance use disorders alcohol use tobacco use marijuana cocaine um, mm. psychotic disorders and schizophrenia spectrum uh, we have bipolar disorders, we have sexual disorders, we have uh, mm. sleep disorders, we have eating disorders. So mental illnesses is not just depression. Depression is just the thing that a lot of people think that is common, and that's why they they talk about it. But what is the cause of depression? A lot of people have been researching on the background of depression, and they have found that it's an actual disease that affects your neurotransmitters in your brain. and in a certain way, you might have some deficit in a, a neurotransmitter, which is a very, very small and very significant material that can like enhance the communication between your neurons and your brain cells uh, called serotonin. So there are a lot of hypotheses are going in that way, but uh, it, it's, it's a biological illness. It's not something that people might contribute to them as his personality or this person is just depressed, it's just like that. It's a biological illness. Mm. It, it requires a lot of training uh, to treat and it requires um, a good follow-up. It requires a good care from everybody, not just the physician, but the family of the patient and everybody else around them. Around them. So, so like for me, I'm not a doctor. So how, how can I deal or how can I speak with someone who is having a mental problem? Like we in South Sudan, we are not familiar with it, you know? We are not, you know, familiar with mental health problems. 
and we don't know how to handle it. When we see somebody who is uh, having such kind of mental illness, we don't know how to deal with it. So, is it necessary you, sh you have to be a doctor to deal with the mental health problem? Or you as a person, you can deal with it? Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, treating people is not, it's not something that is easy for everybody. That's why we go for training for 14 to 15 years of school. Um, as a person who is not a physician or who is not getting any training for treating people with depression, you have to notice if somebody has a change in behavior. Uh, some people might be very fun and very happy and all of a sudden they have a sudden change in behavior or a gradual change in behavior that will take some time and then they will stay on that way. Instead of sh shutting them out because they don't want to talk to you or they have no interest in expressing their ideas, we have to be able to know what is what is affecting him and, and if you can at least take him to a hospital or uh, to, to see a psychiatrist to be evaluated for a brief only like 50 minutes or one hour it doesn't take much of time this evaluation mm. might change his life and i know a lot of South sudanese might be you know uh, afraid of going to a psychiatrist because nobody wants to be called, like this person is crazy or something like that but it's important and it can be a life saving by the way mm. Absolutely. So, Sudanese, we see it as a shame, you know, going to somebody to talk about our problem, you know, to share our problem with people. We see it as something like a weakness or, or, or uh, you know. So, like, how, how, how do you prefer? Do you prefer, uh, you as a doctor, do you prefer drug way of treating mental illness or therapy? Which one do you prefer? Patients difference depend on the patient need and the patient uh, the patient yeah. we have to put the patient first and everything. Uh, some people might might have some mild conditions that doesn't need medication or uh, pharmaceutical intervention. So we can intervene psychologically, just give them support uh, or give them any other form of psychotherapy. Other people might in need uh, pharmaceutical intervention because Medication can get your fast results. If somebody, for example, has a very uh, um, uh, high risk of suicide, somebody with a severe depression, and we need to control uh, these symptoms, we give them medication because he will not respond to psychotherapy at the initial phase. We give the medication to induce the response that we want to control uh, the symptoms of depression. And when he is stable enough, we can introduce him to psychotherapy. So combination of these two methods can be very effective in a lot of illnesses. Other people will might have mild illnesses, they might not be willing to take medication and physicians, we only provide options for our patients. We cannot force anybody to do anything against their will. In both ways, we can intervene with pharmaceuticals or psychotherapy. Yeah. Uh, so, like for me as a normal person, how can I tell that someone is mentally ill or having a mental problem? How can I tell? Or how can I know? That, that's a good question. Let's say some mental illness might have some symptoms, like people will they will start talking alone. For example, they will start laughing alone. Um, they will have 
the problems when you have a mental illness or a mental problem, it affects things that are basic for you. It will affect your sleep. It will affect uh, your, hab your, uh, your habitat, your eating, your interest in doing anything. So these are the first things to be affected. And then if you notice that there's, this person has a change in behavior from their baseline, for example, they might be well, just like in other illness, and then they will have a change in behavior. They will start staying alone more. They will start isolating themselves more. Uh, these some of the most uh, common mental illnesses they come with this presentation. Mm, absolutely. So, uh, like in South Sudan, when people are not familiar with, you know, people people see there's something new. So, like. I myself, I used to see myself, I want to be a part of solution, not part of the problem. So like, what do you think that needs to be done in order to make people aware of all this, you know, mental health awareness? Um, some things like this, having conversation, just a regular conversation, you know, clear, clearing out the concepts, the misconcepts and concepts, the taboos man. that people might believe. <laughs> Help, help a lot, by the way. And uh, another thing is that we can do, uh, we should not, uh, you know, we should work on the stigma, like how this stigma is built up. We should break it down when it comes to mental illness. Um, statistically, one out of four people are prone to a mental illness uh, during their lifetime. So we have to make it okay to be mentally ill, just like you're having a malaria, or having a typhoid is okay that you are ill then you can seek treatment and then you can have a good life it's not a problem it's not an issue so a lot of work from the media a lot of work Absolutely. from the people asking questions the thing that you don't know you can ask the thing that other people do not know everybody can ask you know, asking all the bad ideas that might be going on ahead so this is how we do it Absolutely, absolutely. So, like you has a, a doctor who have been working in South Sudan. How do you see mental health, uh, mental health in South Sudan? Do you see it is is it being taken seriously or just like partially? Uh, I work in Djiboutinchi uh, Hospital um, for six years, six months before I come to training. And I work with Dr. Atong uh, Aywel. Uh, I can send up my regards mm. from here. I also work with Dr. Richard Lani. And I work with a group of a very hardworking psychologists and nurses uh, in that small uh, department, small. if I may say. We call it uh, World 11, Ambar Hidashar, if you go behind the uh, internal medicine world. And yeah, they, they are doing an incredible job. They are doing an incredible job with the limited resources that they are having. They are, this is a Herculean effort. Like, they are doing a really good job. But in, not just in South Sudan, in, in any other country, mental, in, uh, mental illness and mental health professionals, like David and Goliath, if I may say, we have a big, big enemy, but we are very small in number. And then we are still hardworking, and we are still doing. We are still. They are still trying to do their best, you know, with the limited resources that they have. But I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that in the future, 
we might have a really, really good uh, department because we have a lot of people who are just working pro bono from their heart of hearts without having any benefits coming out of it. And they want to serve the people, people who are working with a salary of 500 pounds per month, people who are working with a salary of 1,000 pounds per month. I've met people who are working, who are coming. One of the nurses that I would like to remember in this one, she used to come all the way from Kubri Hapwaba to the hospital on foot every day. And she works with us in the psychiatry department. And I used to talk to her like, why Hapwaba, why are you coming all this way to work? He said, I love the work. I love it being here. I love working with these people. So you can imagine all these people who are working in the background, nobody knows about them and how much effort they're doing. And I asked her, how much is the salary per month? And she said, she's a 500 pound, 500 pound. That will like, that's not even, it's not even enough for breakfast. But she does it. She comes every morning and she works. She gives the patient their injections. She gives them their pills. She talks to them. And I admire her for that, and it made me feel humble that such people are working there, you know, and doing their best. Absolutely, she's de- she's doing it from heart, you know. She's doing it out of love, you know, out of uh, she's like voluntarily. She see money has uh, nothing to do with what she's doing. Actually, bro, you know, I just yeah. coach on Facebook. You know, you have uh, nice articles about psychology. You know, I love them. I really love them. You know. You know, keep doing it, bro. You know, Thanks. we are learning from you, and Thanks. it's something, something amazing. We have a lot of doctors, even in, uh, but we find it's hard that people don't share what they have with people. For example, for instance, social media is uh, a tool that we can use to exchange ideas with people, but some people don't. They don't take it. You know, they don't. They don't give much interest in it. So thank you, brother, for taking much interest in social media to share your ideas. You know. Sure. Talking to you was really amazing, and I would love to talk to you again. In that, uh, thank you so much, brother. So, like, what is your last message for our people out there who are not taking social, uh, mental health seriously? What, what is your message for them? My message goes as simple as this. If you are a young man, don't use any substance. Because substance uh, are like... An, Substance use disorder, or previously known as addiction, is a very serious illness. And we used to say it's a lifelong illness. In effect, I've seen affects people in every way, every way that you can imagine. People start losing their jobs, they start losing their wives and husbands, and they will have like a very, very terrible life. You are living at the brink of extinction, as we used to say. And if you have the chance, don't use anything. Don't use drugs, don't use alcohol, don't use cigarettes. But if you are already using, you have to seek help. We are also giving treatment for people who are struggling with this thing. If you go and you ask for help, you will get help. Um, For the general population, mental illness is not a curse. Some people will say that your grandfather stole a cow from somebody else's wife and then the God has cursed him. That's why your brother is mentally sick. It's not a curse. And I do believe in bad spirit. I'm a Christian. But it's not, it's not like that. Because usually when we see something that we don't understand, we take it to religion. We just take it like, yeah, this is a curse. Because nobody can you know, challenge that or analyze that. For, for a psychiatric point of view, 
having a mental illness, talking alone or shouting or screaming or even trying to burn the house is not a curse. It's a treatable mental illness. Take the person to the hospital, um, get treated, and uh, let's work together on this. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you to you, brother. Uh, uh, you can find my brother, Dr. Garanga Kot, on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and follow his page. He share deep heart wisdom, and he's a great guy. Please give him a follow. Uh, thank you, brother. Thank you so much, brother. I would love to talk to you again. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. stay blessed, and God bless you, man. No problem. See ya. Thanks. Yes.